So we're about a quarter away of the way through the season um, here. So maybe we want to take a look at some some futures. Um, there are some interesting futures out there. First one I want to talk about is MVP. Um, like I said before, Luca is the favorite right now. Um, not really sure why. I don't really love that team. Um, they have a ton of. They always have injuries. You know, you don't know what you're going to get at a at a KP. Um, they're I like KP's new haircut, team. by the way. I, you know what? KP looks like he's been reconstructed with clay. Yeah. somehow from when he went from the Knicks to, to the Mavericks. Like he's like tan, his face is fuller. I don't know if he got fillers in his face or what it is. This guy just looks ridiculous. And um, he kind of looks know. like you ever go to the club or like a nice restaurant and you get those like couple guys and some girls, they all like wax figures. Yep. You don't know what the hell's going on, what, what products they're <laughs> using, what doctors they're, they're seeing. He he's had got to get that fillers. going on. He's got. He's had to get fillers in his face. But he looks good. Uh, I mean, he I'm looks not really a fan of the look. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the wax museum look as is, but I think for yeah. him, he's gotten to the point where if you are going to go down that line, I don't think he's OD'd on it yet. I think he's kind of uh, mastered yeah. of just looking younger. Uh, and hey, yeah. So, so if you want to follow along, Russ, I'm on DK. I'm looking at. Uh, awards. I'm looking at MVP. I I think LeBron at plus a thousand is great value right now. I think they're going to win, you know, the equivalent of almost you know seventy games um, in this season. They just look like, you know, they had a little hiccup last night. Whatever, whatever. I mean, they're crushing people. A little hiccup. I mean, that's a night. that's a half a red flag. You're up by 16 against a team that's you know that you right. don't like. I, I I still don't think that they're gonna. Uh, I think they're gonna end up as a one seed in the West, even with that. And my point is, on the long term, we're talking about true. But MVP I, w- I would right love here. to I know. I think it's just good value in a year where you don't really have. Uh, I mean. Are they going to give it to Jokic? Are they going to give it to Luka if Luka's team is just not that good? I think LeBron James at plus 1,000 is good value, especially he's getting toward the end of his career. You know they're going to want to give him one more, Russ. You know they're going to want to give him one more MVP with all the stuff that's going on. And, and just but here's the thing. The he's LeBron. been putting up a lot of 18-point performances in this, yeah, this I mean, year. He's, he's, average, he's averaging, I think, uh, career lows. in the 20s. It's he's averaging eight and seven. Uh, the points per game is, or, is career low rebounds. stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He's he's definitely on a minutes. You know, he's playing low minutes, but they're crushing people. I think it, when you get to the end of the season, you see the full body work, and LeBron throws up twenty five. You know, maybe he gets those gets those both up to like nine and eight. Maybe he gets, you know, the assists up in the 10 range if, if he's able to do that. I don't know how the numbers work out, if it's possible. But, you know, if he starts reeling off some crazy, crazy numbers here, um, I, I just think it's in a year, it's going to be a weird year. You know, I don't see it. I mean, Steph Curry is plus 1,000. He's definitely not going to win it. Um, you know, Joel Embiid, I mean – Another good value here, you're probably going to like this one, is Durant. But what does that look like with, you know, adding two other stars? Um, 
to the mix here? Does his do his numbers go down? What do you think about that? I don't like the LeBron thing here for uh, a couple different reasons. Yeah, we we heard you. Um, why don't you give us another take? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to discuss why I don't. I I'm against it. Um, right. Number one, they actually haven't scheduled any games past February, I think, 26th or something like that. So we have no idea what the second half of the season is going to look like. Now, obviously, that affects every player that you would play on that, but it just adds a whole complete new unknown of this well, future that's, bet. That's not. That's not true. They they know how many games are going to be played. Right, but what I'm saying is, let's say they had to start doing more back to backs or whatever. Right, an older aging player like LeBron, who again is really judged on um, titles at this point. I just don't know how all out he's going to go in the second half of a very strange season to begin with uh, for just an MVP push. On top of that, you have a player next to him, um, Anthony Davis, who, again, is putting up pretty much uh, similar numbers to him. So I don't really know how you decipher who who then gets it. I think actually he kind of takes away from him, even though it's great for the actual winning the title. It's not great for winning the MVP. Um, again, he's pretty much averaging a triple-double right now, um, you know, and he's averaging six more points than LeBron James per game. So I think these sort of things, it's just it's going to be a little too much to overcome. I don't really love the futures uh, MVP. I just don't think there's that much value in, in it. To your point, LeBron's a long shot, and he's plus 1,000, right? So, I mean – all right, solid, 10 to 1. Um, but you got a lot of money tied up for a decent amount of time, and who knows? I just don't love MVP prop bets as is. You're one hammy away from, you know, sitting out two weeks, and now your, your bet's dead. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to go through Rookie of the Year, or you just don't like these? No, we can go through Rookie of the Year. Okay. Um Anybody you like for Rookie of the Year? I would say so far who I've been the most impressed with um, is probably the ball. Ball bro has been balling out. He's got a great great feel for the game. Um, I know his stat lines aren't always uh, top-notch as far as what you would think as far as just points and assists. He's more of he fills it up, maybe like a 10, 9, 8, 6, 4, 3 guy, but there's nobody else. Uh, in this rookie class, it's really doing anything more consistent than that. So, yeah, I would lean ball maybe. What about you? Yeah, it's a, you know I love Lamella. Um, I'm kind of just looking at this as like good value here. Um, I know, I mean, Lamella's uh, the clear favorite here. He's he's minus almost 200 um, to win it, but. I think somebody <laughs> you're gonna laugh when I say this, but if if this dude keeps playing like this, and you know, with how the media can set things up, I think Emmanuel quickly of the New York Knicks could get a little steam here. I mean, the dude is balling out of control right now. He had some over one for ten games in there in the beginning of the season. But his last three games, I mean, he's just balling out of control. And I could just see if if the Knicks get a little hot with the New York media, <laughs> oh boy. He, he can 
he can uh, emerge as, Someone's as been a drinking. dark horse here. Someone's I could have been drinking, but listen, plus 3,300, throw a couple of dollars on that. You know, I mean, you're, you're better off lighting, lighting money on fire. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Here's the thing. Yeah, Tibbs, I just thought that he's, that one, he's one. one attitude away from Tibbs sitting him. Yeah. We know Tibbs yeah. is uh, – we know Tibbs' record with younger players and how yeah, they could fall out of favor real, real fast. So, yes, he's doing pretty good right now. Um, yeah, Tibbs maybe is, his, his... is letting these kids play, though. I mean, he's get he is. I mean, he's doing some stuff culturally that the Knicks never do, um, and you know, these kids, yeah, like these what kids... running his his players into the ground as far as minutes are concerned. You know that with the I mean, Knicks have the top three minutes per game guys, I believe. Yeah, I mean they. Also, we've talked about the, you know, not not playing in the bubble. They got, and they have young a lot of these young legs. I mean, it's, except for, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I mean, Quigley's averaging Randall. ten points and two assists a game. Uh, you know, let's let's throw some cold water on that take. I don't think he's going to get that. I mean, I can make an argument for uh, a guy that you hate is Cole Anthony, and I think he's putting up pretty much the same exact numbers as as quickly. So, uh, actually, a little bit better numbers, uh, a little yeah. bit more efficient. So, I mean, and they have pretty much the same. So, I mean, I don't know what the odds are for Cole Anthony, but you know, if they're the same as quickly. You can you can make that argument too, which I'm sure if I did, you'd laugh at me and ask me what I was smoking. So, yeah. I agree. I would laugh at you and ask you what you were smoking. Yeah. Um, and he's got 11, better stats 17, 23, and 19 for, for quickly in his last four. Uh, he's not 10. 10, 4, and 3 for, for Cole Anthony. Um, yeah, I mean, his last four, 6, 16, 15, and 12. Similar stats. Um, and they, they are, they're, I mean, Cole Anthony's plus 2,000, so way better odds for uh Quickly with similar stats, but Cole Anthony is a bigger name. Probably okay. will have a bigger opportunity. Um, let's move over to some of these team futures. Um, anything you want to talk about with uh, NBA championship? Lakers um, plus 250, Nets plus 300, Clippers plus 600, Bucks plus 600. Then you get into the next tier, 76ers, 1,600, Celtics, 1,800, Heat, 1,800, Denver, 2,000. Yeah, I mean, I don't see much value there. I mean, the Denver plus 2,000 is not bad. Uh, they haven't been playing great basketball. I think here, to your point on value, you take teams that aren't maybe playing as well right now and teams that you might have liked, like the 76ers, who you think – might get get it together, but I mean, what are we talking about here? The Nets plus three hundred. The guys played two games <laughs> together. I mean, that's crazy. That's not good odds. Just even though I like that team, um, the Lakers to repeat again. You know, plus two hundred. You know, or plus two fifty. It's not really going to move the needle one way or, or the other. You're better off, you know, betting every game, string betting, than putting you know any significant money on that and letting it sit there and not make money. So yeah, I, hear. I don't think there's. Let's many. move on. I I don't love anything in here. There's nothing of good value. Um, 
one thing I do want to talk about is the division. There's no real winners. parity in the NBA, so it kills you know future odds. It's better off. Yeah. You're and again, you can kind of wait with those sort of numbers. You can wait till the playoff starts, and then what you're going to get them you know plus two eighty the Nets, or maybe you'll get the you know so you're only going to get a little bit less, and now you know what yeah. their playoff roster looks like. So. Yeah, uh, my advice is there. there's, there's no, no real long shot here. And you're looking on DraftKings um, too, so I'm sure offshore it's even worse as far yep. as the odds. So I don't see any value there. Yeah. Let's move on to the division winners. I think there's some value in here. There's some divisions up for grab right now that I think. I think the Southeast Division with the Heat, Hawks, Magic, Hornets, and Wizards. Um, the Heat are overwhelming favorites, minus 200. The Heat don't look great right now. Um, I would agree. You. You have the Hawks at plus 500 and the Hornets at plus 2,000. I would – listen, this is another one you're probably going to laugh in my face, but with the way the Heat are playing and the Hornets are just gaining ground here, they're just getting started, they're gelling. The coach has got them playing really well. I don't trust the Hawks. I don't trust the Magic. The Wizards are dumpster fire. I think the Hornets at plus 2,000 is a fun little – you know, throw 50 bucks to win a thousand on it and see where you are at the end of the year. Um, might be just a little fun, fun little thing here. That I don't hate. With, I mean, again, now with you all have the bets I've been throwing on them. Now you have decent odds there. You know, now you're in the plus 2000 territory. Right. Uh, Miami's been a weird team all year. I don't see them necessarily straightening things out. There's always a hangover about the team uh, that comes out of nowhere, makes it to the finals when no one believed in them. Uh, sometimes there's a, a bit of a hangover from that, so I could see that. Plus, I'm a little – I'm not bullish on these teams that went on big runs in the bubble early on. I think that kind of hurts them versus some of these other teams that are a lot fresher. So Miami, number one, you don't have a absolute star on that team, right? Jimmy Butler is the closest thing to that. He's older now. Um you know, he, he logged in a decent amount of minutes last year. So, to me, I'm with you. Uh, there's some value in, in Charlotte. There's some value there. Um, what about the Atlantic Division winner? Who do you think let, – let's see if you know this, sir. If, if you, who do you think has the best record in the Eastern Conference right now? The best rest, record in the East? I do not know off the top of my head, but maybe the Celtics. I don't know. That's a good guess, the Celtics. The yeah. Celtics are plus 350 to win the Atlantic. Sixers plus 280, and then the Nets minus 155. Um, yeah. Not great value, but, you know, if you think the, the Nets are going to um, gonna fizzle out here and you don't trust the Sixers, maybe you get a little bit more consistent team with the Celtics um, at plus 350 is not, not terrible. Okay. Um, another one that I like here, it's a jumbled up. I already told you, I don't love the Mavericks. Um, I don't love that team. The Southeast. Which is weird because you've been pretty hopped up on the Mavs as far as betting them this year. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, I like to pick my spots here and there with teams, you know, that I don't, I'm not, there's not a lot of teams where I'm just like, I got blinders on. It's more, I got blinders that I like hate different things than I, that yeah. I love certain things. But um, Mavericks, Rockets, Pelicans, Spurs, Grizzlies. This division, I think, is up for grabs here. Um, Rockets, probably not. You could eliminate them. 
but I don't think you're going to eliminate anybody else. John Morant's back from Memphis. They're plus 1,000. The Spurs can always just reel off a couple wins here. They're plus 750 in the Pelicans. You know, the Pelicans have the the on-paper squad to win this division um, at plus 500. So, I mean, what do you think of those? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking value, I think there's value in them because they have the talent and they're playing below what their talent says. So if you put that together, then you're like, okay, New Orleans, um, again, even though they've had a slow start, they're, what, two games back or something like that from the division lead? They are maybe two, three games. I mean, again, nothing more than a quick run. Everyone's pretty. Dr- yeah, they're two. They're two games back right now. The Spurs are um, at the top of that division, and the Grizzlies are right behind them. The Grizzlies are in the eighth seed without John Morant this whole time, too. Yeah, so but it's all jumbled together um, there. So I think New Orleans or Memphis, depending on who you prefer, could be a good. Uh, yeah, it's a fun little one. I do like. I'm telling you, I like that Charlotte plus two thousand. That's a fun one right there. Maybe they make a trade. You know, you never know with this. The Eastern Conference is kind of wide open, especially with the Heat just just looked terrible. Um, what else here? Any anything else on the on the NBA futures? Anything you like? Anything you want to talk about? No. Um... Not really. I think it's this is remember, we have always had a theory too before the all star break. There's about a three week stretch where you literally just cannot bet the NBA unless you feel like losing thousands for no reason. Yeah. Um so now obviously it's a whole new year, but this is right around the time of year that that starts to happen. So Yeah, I so think you we, think it's a little bit of a seasonal depression here? You think we gotta watch I out? I think you gotta watch out that we're not we're not in the uh in the time frame of the All-Star game. It's just actually, in, historically, we are in the time frame of the All-Star game, so we need to be careful here. I think you need to, <laughs> to be careful here right around this time, yes, yeah. because I hear there's just, I don't know, it's in the mental clock of these players, too. I mean, we saw it yesterday. If, if the MLK Day doesn't get the best out of these players and doesn't get people trying their hardest or going out all out for a win, when does that happen? You know, there's the marquee game. You got LeBron. Looked like he wasn't interested at some point. I mean, what's up with that? Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm, I'm with you. I, so I, I think the, when I moved to Houston, it was beautiful weather. Um, hot, hot in the summer, obviously. But, you know, around this time, around the November time, it's always like the best 70 degree weather. And still, I felt like I was in Boston or New York just freezing. And depressed and my my seasonal depression always kicked in so I do I hear your argument there I, I kind of agree with you um, I'm trying not to think about that just because um, I want to stay dialed in here I do want to bring up one text, point so. that you you know kind of helped out to pick out here is looking at the division winners it's very easy to look at the NBA as a total because really the divisions don't mean anything um, for the most part they haven't in the last 10 years since they changed some things around. Yeah, and it's a one through eight seed. Yeah, yeah it just not really makes any sense except for schedule making. Um, but what it is good to do is go through the divisions and pick teams that you can follow, that you kind of know of, that you kind of feel like you have a feel for, and highlight those teams. And then you only play those teams. And that will cross out a bunch of 
no-name games that you might get yourself involved with for no reason, you know? And yeah. I think that's something. you got to focus in on what you know. Don't try to get out of the box. Um, try to ride teams losing. Try to ride teams winning that you're watching and that you're, you, you know you have a little bit of a, a feel for. Um, I mean, what do you think is the best division a... right now? What's the most? I mean, the best division is the Pacific. I'd say the Pacific. I mean, NBA the Lakers, Pacific, Clippers, yeah. Suns, Warriors, Kings. Yeah, um, you'd have to put that as the best division in basketball. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst what division? Else? I mean, worst division has to be this Southeast division with the Heat, Hawks, Magic, Hornets. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's a terrible division. It's terrible. It really is terrible. Listen, with the NBA, with the Southwest right behind it is the second worst. Yeah, it's the Southwest. Uh, it's, Mavericks, Rockets, Pelicans, Spurs, Grizzlies. Ah, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, the Northwest I, I, is better. They have Denver, OKC, Portland, and Utah. That's a better division. I would even yeah. say the uh, the Central at least is top heavy. But it's probably it. The Central's probably in the mix too, just because it's Milwaukee, and then, I mean, I guess Indiana's somehow, some way decent. Cleveland's been frisky, but God, Dwight, that's my least favorite division to bet. I'll say that NBA Central. Yeah, the, the Pacers are in the fourth seed right now. It's obviously, it's early. I'm just giving you yeah. But now there could be a Toronto resit like uh, resurgence here, which I'll keep an eye out on. All right. Um, uh, since we got a light day here, we wanted to talk a little tennis. We're big tennis fans. Um, we bet a lot of tennis, so we'll throw in some tennis here and there. Um, just give you guys some, some fun things to play with. If you do follow tennis, we have the Australian open starting soon. Um, all the players are quarantining right now. You're seeing a lot of stuff on social media. Um, on the men's draw, Russ, any any early leads for you? So, if you've been following it, the players are not happy with the quarantine. I guess Australia is one of the, stri- the strictest countries to have quarantine protocols, and you have to be in a hotel room basically for 14 straight days with three to four hours a day of court time with, like, one other individual that you have chosen and that's in quarantine as well. So, it's pretty pretty a big change from what these most of these players privileged lives usually are uh the more and more comes out actually the more and more you realize why fed didn't do it naturally makes me a little more happy since there was rumors there that the guy would never be healthy again and maybe that's why he's not playing the more and more you see this you kind of think okay why would the guy come back this guy of all the people he's got the best life of everybody he's not gonna he's got four kids it's just too much of a hassle um, so you got to get someone that's mentally tough. I mean, Djokovic is the favorite and he should be, uh, for some reason, the more of an asshole he is, the more power yeah. he gets. Well, you, and yeah. you got some hotheads here. You have Djokovic, you have Medvedev, you have Zverev, you have Kyrgios. You got some hotheads up, up high on the odds here. Hold on one second. Let me look here. Who else is in the draw? So like Russ was saying, just like the the mentally unstable guys, you know, Medvedev is a nut. <laughs> Curious is a nut. Zverev is a nut. Um, you know, even Tsitsipas can get a little unhinged sometimes, but he's a little bit more calm than the others. Um, but 
in the top three, you got or in the top uh, top two, you got Djokovic, Medvedev is a favorite too here. Uh, Djokovic plus one thirty five, Medvedev plus four seventy five. Then you got Dominic Team, who's you know a calm calm guy. That would be my and pick. Also playing great tennis. Yeah, I was gonna. I agree with you one hundred percent. You might want to throw a little little bit of because here's the day. At the end of the team. at the end of the day, Djokovic is the favorite. But nothing's easy, and at this point, there's no value in taking him at minus 115, minus 120. Not at all. Um, but then you have to look at guys that can beat him. And team is a player now that no matter what, he can beat anybody on any given day if his game is on. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the old saying of a puncher's yeah. chance, you take and him. He, and he matches up well with yeah. uh, with Djokovic. Djokovic has always struggled with big power players that have one-handed backhands. You know, hence him and Federer's rivalry. Stan Wawrinka's beat him a couple times in, on big stages. And now you got team in that same mold. So uh, I would put him there. And then I would also then look to maybe one of the Aussies. Because I'm assuming they don't have to quarantine as much as these other players coming from outside the country. So maybe like a, uh, you know, a, a Alex Demenor. I think he was plus 8,000 or, you know, something small like that. You put twenty five bucks a flyer on it, and yeah, you never know. Yeah, um, team had a really good run at the end of the year. There, he got a little tired um, in the French. I think it was. Um, I forget. Did he play Nadal in the French? Um, he did. And he had that first. He had that crazy match with uh, Schwartzman to lead up to that that Nadal match. Um, and then um, then I think he had to play Nadal. So yeah, he definitely he definitely had a good good season end of the season. Um, won the U.S. Open, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Djokovic had that crazy U.S. Open. I mean, Djokovic is probably going to come out and try to make some statements here and and. Uh, you know, get back back to a final after you know the embarrassing uh, thing that happened in the U.S. Open. Uh, did and then actually he got to the final in in uh, Volgaris, right, Djokovic? Yes, and he got destroyed. Yeah, so he might he got destroyed. Yeah, he might want some blood here, but again, uh, not the best conditions for him. He's already. I I think I saw an article. He's already asking to like to get, you know, different access for family and for him to go out and come back. Like, he, he wants no part of uh, quarantining. Yeah. I think this also negatively affects Nadal uh, as much as Nadal is a mentally strong player in between the lines. I think uh, he's yeah. more of a – he's the biggest kind of creature of habit on tour. And, you know, doing this whole thing – the quarantine. I mean, I don't know. It seems yeah. like for a guy who's high energy and whatever, this could be a difficult journey for him. Plus, it's not yeah. his greatest service. Uh, you could check if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. He's only won the Australian Open once. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I, I don't have it up, but also just some guys, some uh, some Aussies. Some hometown guys, uh, Curious and Demonor, mm-hmm. right? You said it before. Plus three thousand Curious, uh, plus six thousand. Because I do believe they will have fans, some... actually, right? Yeah, you might. I'm not sure if they're going to have fans, but it's just sprinkle it around here. 
and then find a favorite that you like, whether it's team, Nadal, um, we gave you team, right? We're, we'll probably bang team for a couple and then sprinkle around some long shots yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Can, uh, and then always at the end, you can see where you can hedge and do different things, mini hedges, all that stuff. Um, moving on to the women. We love the women. We love betting the women. So fun. There's we all so love the women. There was a um, point in life where, you know, we were all worried if L really loved women or not, but we're happy that he does. So, um, I'm speaking about tennis, obviously. He wasn't a huge ladies fan. Let's just say that when it comes to women's tennis. But I, I have come around, around on the, the women's tennis game. Listen, Russ, I, I got to give you your props here. You picked a bunch of women. Uh, winners this this the last three four years um, just random first timers all, all this changing of the first guard, timers random first time winners here Russ I would had the I would call touch. them virgins but I'm not sure if that's gonna be okay on this podcast <laughs> but major virgins uh, I'll let if you want me to leave that one in I'll yeah, leave major it in. major title virgins <laughs> that's what you know I was able to pluck the virgins from the group of women and somehow pick pretty good ones. So hopefully that continues. Yep. So at the top here, you got Naomi Osaka plus 550, Ash Barty plus 900, Irina Sabalenka plus 900, Simona Hallett plus 1100. Um, any, have you looked at this? So I have. Serena out there plus 1400. I have looked at the women and I gave them a good look pretty much up and down. And I would say, <laughs> Osaka at plus 500 is pretty good value. She's the favorite, just like Djokovic is the favorite in the uh, men. I think, at least if I'm handicapping this, you know, she's playing anybody. She should be minus 200 pretty much, uh, or minus 185 up until the finals. If you get someone that's hot, that maybe uh, changes those odds. But if that's the case, I sprinkle a little bit on the favorite of Osaka. Then I would go down the list a little bit and I would find a Halep. I think with all the everything that's going on, with all this weird stuff that has happened, I want a someone who's been through the ringer before, who has won the tournament before. Um, I would even throw Kennan in the mix at that plus 11, plus 15 sort of range um, in the Halep category and kind of a few long shots. I know you were, you're into uh, Sabalenka, who's been a favorite of mine over, over time. I've lost... Yeah, I mean, she's not a long shot. She's she's top three favorite yeah. there. So I would look to maybe put her. I think, um, yeah, I I like uh, Iga. Iga's been playing Iga Swiatek. If that's how you say it, probably. Wrong. Yeah, the only thing that would make um, me nervous there is she won on 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 clay, right? That was her big. So, I mean, yeah. that, that that's a complete yeah. different surface than this than Australian Open. So yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that translates. Uh, yeah. I think also one of the Americans that was hitting real big towards the end of last year, uh, who normally I, I never really loved, uh, Jen Brady at plus 2,400. Um, she she ended the season last year pretty pretty hot mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Okay, so you got the hometown girl, Ash Barty. Serena, to me, is the most overrated. You want to talk about value? And just take away my Serena bias, which there is. But then just on pure value, I mean, and and I see it in other sports, but you don't necessarily play it as much. Like uh, the fact that she's plus 900 is absurd. She should be a plus 2,500. It's only because of her name as far as a handicap is concerned. 
I mean, she can win it. There's possibility, but she shouldn't be the second favorite to win it. Uh, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, so Jim Brady lost in the semi of the U.S. Open to Osaka, who eventually won. Um, then, I mean, she's not great on clay. She she got banged up on on, uh, on the clay. Um, she played in a couple of tournaments here. She lost to Sedbalanka in October. I would look at she Victoria as a Ranka as a, a mid-level. I think it lands in somewhere in that mid-level, in that plus nine, plus a thousand to like a plus 2000 range because that's where the past champions are. She played really well coming to the end of the year. She played great in the U S open. Yeah, She's plus 1600. I like her. I would sprinkle. If you're going to, I would play for the women. Most likely what I'll do is, and I'll have a more uh, scientific version of this, you know, on a, on a pod before it starts, but I'm going to narrow it down for the women. I could probably get six names on paper where you're still turning a profit pretty much if any of them win. Um, so I think that would be something I would do, spread it around a little bit more in the women's. In the men's, there's just not that many guys that would do it. So it would probably be you know, two or three names. Yeah. Yeah, it's way tougher to win on the men's side. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of change of guard. with. Uh, yeah, I mean, it helps Fed is out. You know, so. obviously that's helped some players because now rather than having to go through, you know, Fed, Nadal, and – a joker, you know, most likely you're just playing one of them at some point, so that helps. Yep. All right. Anything else we want to talk about?